First of all, thanks for being here, brother. For it sure. means a lot. I, I got to tell you, I, I've got to sit down a few times now. And um, I've been really excited to talk about this one just because I know your story. I obviously don't know everything. But I like to think I know more than the average bear. But I do think there's a lot of people that they know a lot about you and they like you, but they don't even know the whole story, right? So sure. to that end, you know, <clears throat> the industry, this conference we started, or this this podcast we started at the dovetail of, of a conference we started. Um, unlike the conference, which is really focused on content and information about the industry and how things are changing, I wanted the podcast to be about the people, right? Like the people that are making the changes, not just not just what we're doing, how we're doing it, but like why we're doing it. Why are these people driving this these changes? And we've seen a lot of changes in the last several years. So what I'd wanna do is, why don't we start at the beginning? Because I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, how long have we known each other? And I'd love to hear your story about how we met because I remember who introduced us. And I know that it kind of, it didn't start easily. Sometimes it seems like there was a few things that took shape before it all connected, but I want to hear your version of that story. And then, um, and then maybe if there's some blind spots, I'll share with mine, but introduce yourself first, take the time to like, tell them a little bit about yourself. And then let's, once, once I know who you are, let's go into, uh, when we first met. You got it. All right. Uh, so my name is Jesse Sargent. Uh, I'm the executive vice president of construction for uh, Overwatch <clears throat> Mission Critical uh, with Kirk and Anthony. And uh, I'm also a U.S. Army vet uh, that kind of helped me really build the skill set, I believe, that has uh, helped me in this industry. And, you know, if we want to go back to the beginning, do you want to know like why, I, you know, why I was looking for the job or, you know, when we met? Cause sure. Whatever. I can tell you that, uh, I can remember it distinctly. It was, uh, super cold. As you say, I live in, you know, pig's knuckle, Ohio. That's and, right. uh, it was one of those days where, I don't know, negative 30 or something like that. And I was working on air conditioning units, uh, or refrigeration units, uh in ohio and you could only be outside for like 15 minutes so <laughs> so this is you left the army by now i did yeah. and then you somehow stumbled into a mechanical trade yeah so uh when i got out of the army uh what I, year was that uh that was uh i got out in 13 all right yep so you got out in 2013 and we're gonna go back a little bit more before that because you have some other stuff in your story but yeah. in 2013 you got out and then you did you go right right into the trades immediately so no actually i was uh i was making the crates for uh the the crates that went around tank tops like literally the top turrets to tanks before they would like be shipped off for assembly and stuff and uh remember one day i was nailing one of them crates and i shot a nail right into my thumb <laughs> are just, you kidding me no and i just looked down at it and i was like um, this is not what I'm going to do, you know? And, uh, actually my wife's uncle was in the mechanical trade. He actually taught at, uh, the trade school that I went to. And, uh, so she talked me into doing it and, uh, I did that. I got a job right away as soon as I started the, uh, the tech school, uh, with a small little mom and pop air conditioning shop in Dayton, uh, Ohio. 
And I was doing How that long was that trade school that you had to go to? That trade school was a little over a year, and it was every night of the week, Monday through Friday. So you were working during the day and then going to trade school at night? Yeah, so I would. Uh, I had to be at work at 5.30 in the morning. I would go to work at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, I'd work until about 5 in the afternoon. I had to be at school by 6. Uh, so a lot of times I would just drive the work van to school. Uh, so you were working at the place where you were doing the tanks or were you working no. at a mom, mom and pop mechanical mom contractor while you're getting into the school? Yep. Okay. That makes more sense. Yep. And, uh, did that for, were you like union? I said, a little Sorry, over Sorry, were a you year. union, non-union? Nope. Okay. Non-union. Uh, but I switched. So, uh, about right towards the end of school, uh, I, I was just super fortunate. I picked it up pretty easy. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not like electrical. <laughs> you Which know? is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so I took a job at a company called Direct Energy, which is a uh, little bit bigger shop. It was actually uh, Airtron was the group, but they were a commercial. They did residential and commercial. But uh, I worked with a guy going around doing a lot of QAQC stuff. For them and uh, that's what I was doing when I first met you so uh, I was having those conversations but again back to I was on the roof it was you know negative 30 you couldn't be outside for longer than 15 minutes without taking a break because just your skin couldn't be exposed that long and I thought to myself like man this is not what I want to do you know for the rest of my life how long had you been out of the army till you reached that point where was that within that had been within a couple of years, it sounds like. Oh, you... dude, that was within a year. Like, because literally I started the tank lid company job. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, a couple weeks in, I, sh I shot that nail into my thumb, you know? I believe that. And I was like, I'm out on that. And, uh, you know, you know, everyone else doesn't know. So I should probably say, I also used to work for a company where, you know, uh, it was for HUD, basically, where we went around and foreclosed properties we quoted all the fixes and everything on them that uh, went back to the bank that was uh you know obviously that was big business there shortly you know 2013 time frame because everything was recovering from the the crash in 08 or whenever and sure all those foreclosed homes were getting bought up left and right so this was before you went in the army then no, that was after the army. Oh, okay. Also, I man, I bounced around. I mm -hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, before I joined the army, I went to nursing school. Like, how crazy is that? You know, I got some pretty wild wild because <laughs> you thought you'd family. one day be using tools and you may shoot a nail through your finger. Is that hey, why? You know, you never know. All right. At, at the time, I thought it. You know, it was oh seven time frame, and uh, I don't know how it was here in Texas, but. Nurses made good money. Sure. You know, and I figured, yeah. I figured I'd give it a shot. Wasn't for me, I found out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're like, uh, you're trying to figure out what you want to do, and That's you're kind right. of just, I get it. I have a story that has some of that. I checked a lot of boxes. And then you were getting to the point where we had met. When we yeah. had met, you were working for a mechanical contractor. You yep. froze your ass off. Yep. And then you got to the point where you're like, listen, this ain't for me, and this is what I want to do. How did you get to the point where, like, you called your uncle? Like, yeah. how did that work? And So he had actually talked to me about it, you know, multiple times. And he had told me about you and, you know, that you were a vet. And, uh, you know, 
even back then, you know, you talked about wanting to help vets and stuff like that. Sure. So he, he picked up on that stuff. He was a vet himself. You know, he was in the Army as well. I didn't know that your Uncle Dougie was... Yeah. Yeah, he was in Korea. I didn't know... He, not in the Korean War, but he was stationed in Korea. Gotcha. Yeah. He, so He was a, in a tank. So just going back for anybody that's... A, um, when we were at Nova, I hired your uncle. That's right. And we put him on a program in the West Coast. Yep. And he was the guy that ran that program. And then we had... You know, we put a team underneath him when we were working for Nova Mission Critical. So, and he, so let me pause you and give you my perspective. He had asked me no less than, you know, two, three times a month if I could talk with you. He's like, hey, I got this nephew and he's an awesome kid and he, uh, he's in the trades. He works for a mechanical contractor. And I think that he'd be a great fit for this industry. And I was just like, we're good you know, we're good. And at the time, Nova had a lot of second and third generation family members that had worked there. Sure. Like uh, Brady's, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe recipes, but his, yeah. his father died on our program too. Right. Yeah. So the thing is, is I was trying to get to the point where we weren't having just a bunch of families still. It was like the best person, not just the most convenient person. And he kept uh, pushing, not pushing you on me. And then one day he goes, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this, but my nephew um, was in the Army, and he had deployed into combat multiple times. And I know you hate hearing this, but he's like, hey, he was, he was, a, he was the real deal. He was a hero. And I said uh, to him, I said, listen, um, no matter how busy we are, we will always interview a, a veteran if we have the opportunity, just as a professional courtesy, because in the event that we couldn't hire them, I could at least make a few phone calls to some friends in this space that we, it doesn't take much to find someone who's looking for people. And if I can make a phone call on your behalf, that was the intention. Right. So just so you know, while you're freezing, your uncle was trying. To, yeah. And it took, <laughs> it probably took him a few months before I finally was like, okay, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we connected right off the dot either. Did we? No, no we, uh, I think there were, I think there was once that we were going to connect and we didn't, uh, you could blame Tonoko for that one. I figured. I figured. And then, uh, or, you know, one of these conferences. Right? It was a conference. <laughs> we were in Vegas. I figured. I was the victim. But uh, we ended up, we did connect, though. Uh, I think I talked to, I think I talked to you first by yourself, and then I talked to you and Mike. Yeah, I 100%. Yeah. I remember talking. So I, I think I missed our first call. Right. Yeah. And again, we were at a conference, and you know what happens at conferences. Sometimes. I do now. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the second time it was a very similar situation, and I remember I was gonna, I was probably gonna fall out of that interview and have to reschedule. Yeah. And I just remember also thinking, no matter how bad I'm hungover right now, this is an army veteran, and he deserves the time. It's not fair to him. I'm going to listen to him and then I'll make a few phone calls on his behalf. So we finally connected. I know exactly where I was and what room I was in because I remember vividly what, what helped me discover that we needed to scratch the paint with you a little bit more. So what was your interpretation that first call when we met? Well, I mean, cause you weren't impressive. Let's just be honest. No. Oh, well, that's what I was about to say. was like, (laughs) listen, make no mistake. I'm not saying you are now. I was Googling what is an RFI. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) 
what is a submittal? And uh, was trying to, you know, do the old fake it till you make it. You know, sure. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to hopefully at least sound enough like I could handle my stuff and, uh, and us be able to, you know, at least get in the door. And, and the reason I felt that way was, uh, you know, if I could just get in the door, I knew I would do everything that I could, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, I at least wanted to sound a little smart. sounds like it didn't work though. (laughs) Still doesn't. I don't want to say that either. Members, you got to use your hands. <laughs> Small words. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you talked in circles a little bit on that call, but that's okay, right? And I don't think you were out of the military very long. You were only out for a year or two? A little over a year, yeah. Probably. Yeah, and you could see that you were uh, – I had empathy, right? Because I came out of the military and looked for um, – I looked for that social dynamic that I had, you know, with the people that I was with and – and I couldn't find it anywhere. So uh, it took me a little while. I mean, I ended up kind of patching together stuff along the way until finally we're here we are. But, you know, this this story is amazing because you, at the end, as I was getting ready to hang up and not need you, I better make a phone call for you. You said, hey, not for nothing. And do you remember what you said? Uh, I'm pretty sure what I said is not for nothing. I'll outwork anybody you got if you just give me a chance. That's, And I was like, Hmm, that's bold. Challenge accepted, right? (laughs) And I remember we called and uh, I had hired uh, another veteran already, right? Um, And he was a warrant officer, Navy nuke type and no experience in the industry. But what I have learned is if you give him a good mission or give him a very clear purpose and help him understand, you don't even even have to tell him how to do it because that's part of his journey and that's how he'll callous those things in his brain or he or she, as we're learning. but he also, he wanted to learn. He had a big appetite to learn, just as big as yours. Yeah. And he also wanted to teach, which is something I know that you're getting a lot better at as well. Yeah. But um, he taught a lot. To I mean, For sure. so your first program, I forget. I don't think we made you the best of terms. We probably said, fine. You get to, I mean, we weren't jerks, but I was like, I'm going to ship you out to a program. What, what was my, Dude. hey, my defense. <laughs> I didn't tell you those terms. Someone I was willing did. to come in and pick up dog poop with my bare hands. You know what I mean? Like, I just needed a chance. So I was willing to do anything. But, yeah, the first program was out in Santa Clara. It was a Vantage program. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. and I think, didn't we move you out there? Or I didn't move so you. Your family was. I, dr- I drove out there. So, yeah. So, I mean, the whole time I went That was to, your first project on the big boy program, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the whole time I went to, I was going to school. I mean, I had, I had three kids even then. And so uh you know pretty much never saw him and yeah my the first project we did it was uh i'd go out there for 30 days and then i'd fly home for three or four days and then i'd fly back for uh 30 more uh but it was great you know like you said had people out there that cared and were willing to you know show me the ropes and teach me a little bit and uh, you know, obviously at first having, you know, an uncle out there made it, uh, an easier transition as well, you know? So that was a good transition. And, and, you know, I look back now at Nova and that job and everything, and 
I mean, how many, how many, we got a couple of those people that were on that team that are with us now. Yeah. You know? And yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about this space. Yeah. Well, and, and it was the reason I was so excited, even, you know, back then being somebody that didn't know anything and just looking to come in and, and try and learn something. Everybody <laughs> that I can think of that was brought in and was part of these programs, you know, uh, th they were part of what we want to do now, right? Yeah. Where it's, you know, like it doesn't, <laughs> everything doesn't have to be the way it's always been, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was cool. It was refreshing. You know, at that time I was, uh, 24. So, so I remember calling Maldari who yeah. ran all the field. And I said, uh, when we hire guys like that, what I'd like for you to do is figure out a way to where like give them windows in which they're allowed to go into the conference trailer. Other than that, they should be walking the site all day. Right. If they're not spending time with the foreman uh, or the supers, you know, and trying to understand the trades for sure. Um, then, then there's not going to be any value in the long term. Like I started in this industry carrying a UPS, you know, a tool bag okay. and, um, you callous you you remember things more when you're a pressure test in that environment it's simply uh the byproduct of immersion right so yeah i said i i don't want him to sit in, a, in the construction trailer until all the other foremen are basically i'm not to say ever but and i hadn't met you i mean that was it that was the i think i only talked to you maybe once or twice i can remember the the first time that like i met you in person you know going along with what you said about not being in the trailer and stuff like that you know on that program, uh, I still remember. I, I commented on something on uh, Rich's LinkedIn not that long ago. I'd butcher his last name, but you know who I'm talking about, Rich Ziggeropich or whatever. <laughs> Works for REI, right? And yeah. Dave McFate, right? Like those two guys, uh, when I got out there, I I had no idea what a UPS was or, you know, anything. To be yeah. honest with you, you know, I, they're they, like, you couldn't ask for better teachers though. No. And they're like, Hey, we're going to go look at these generators. <laughs> we get out there by these just enormous, you know, and I, I mean, generators. And in my mind, I'm like, where, all, where, all, where do they keep all these little generators that, you know I mean? Not realizing I'm looking at a, a massive <laughs> diesel engine, you know right. what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, you know, so I did, I lived with guys like that. And, uh, luckily enough for me, you know, talk about guys that coming up through the trades had been in the industry for a long time and they were willing to sit down with me and go over everything. Uh, and, you know, like Spencer Meyer was out there, you know, running stuff then and he would sit down and, and explain. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and having guys like that all the way along throughout my career that were just willing to take the time and sit down and talk to me and explain this and explain that. Uh, I I couldn't ask to be putting you know put in a better position to learn and grow. Yeah, do you remember the first time we met out there? I do. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I, I was out in the field and I came in the trailer, and uh, it was. It, I think we were doing V two or V yeah V two, and it was uh the trailer was back in the back left corner of the the job site, and I came in and you were sitting there at the the <laughs> table and. Uh, I think I actually walked in and just like went back to the office and uh, yeah, you guys called me out there and we all chatted and, but I'm pretty sure that was the first time I met you in person. 
Do you remember what I said? I don't, man. Well, do you remember why I was out there? I mean, I think I do, but... So, the first thing when I met you was, hey, it's nice to finally meet you. Are you enjoying it? Are you learning? Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, everyone had already given me a report on... Because we didn't need another super. We just... uh, I already had that box checked, and so it wasn't like you were... I mean, you hit the GNA. You know what I mean? Like, you were... Right. uh, It was coming out of the profit, but it was... Every chance that we could, we would sacrifice a little bit of that to do right, right. You know, and and I wanted to make sure that, like, when you do that, you want to make sure that you're meeting me with as much effort as I'm meeting with you financially, right? And and I walked up and I was there because I had to I had to remove someone from the program. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I do. Know. <laughs> That's what I thought it was, but I, you know. And I said, hey, it's nice to finally meet you. I'm hearing that you're doing great, and everyone's telling me that you're picking up everything. Like everyone. I mean, it's really hard to get um, positive accolades in this space or in general, right? People are really fast to rotate hard when things are negative. But you don't see a lot of I love you notes and a lot of praise going the other direction sometimes. Some people get conditioned they don't need it anyway. But when people go out of their way and say, hey, listen, this guy's got something special, that means that it has to be really big because these are the types of people that don't stop for that, right? So I had gotten enough really positive feedback that I was like, this kid is going to do well. And I knew who was mentoring you was learning a lot at the same time. And his aptitude was very high and allowed him to kind of, you know, pick up what the PM or the senior PM was doing enough to make it um, strong. And I knew, I knew then that the mill, what the industry was always looking for first was experience. And what I realized was what they really need is leadership and, and, and we say courage, but we mean courage to speak truth to power and to right. go not fight with, but not be afraid of a difficult conversation because they're in fear of confrontation. Right. Combat soldiers. I mean, you're the first 11 Bravo I ever hired, and I've hired people from every branch, and I've been hiring veterans since I was at Eaton and, you know, in the early stages of my career. Even in active power, I think that we were still now pillar, but I think that we were still going to Bradley Morris conferences and still trying to scoop up veterans. Right. And... But I hadn't, I hadn't hired an army guy just because I'm like, well, Working let's be honest, how smart did. can they be? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, they're in the army. If they would have scored high enough on their test, they clearly would have been in another branch, right? And just so everyone knows, <laughs> the oh, you got infantrymen actually make up the highest concentration of uh, high aptitude test scores. So you tell yourself that. And I'm sure that that helps you, you know, I heard and that your somewhere. therapist talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so I heard it somewhere. I'm just gonna run with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. But I, I knew that I could make those changes, and I knew that the two of you would be fine. One because you've been conditioned over years to be able to get into very complicated situations and find a way to survive and thrive. Sure. And that was an environment I knew it was going to have to get worse before it got a little bit better. So the first thing I said was, hey, man, how are you doing? Are you enjoying this? Are you liking it? Yeah. And then I whispered. I said, I'm going to have to let your uncle go. Right. Is that going to be a problem with you and me? Yeah. And you're like, no, sir. Right? right? And I'm like, look, it's not personal. It's just business. That's right. And um, the worst thing about this, you know, these roles and some of those roles I had then was you kind of, you know, some days you get to make people's day by awarding them business. And some days you have to say no to them. And that's. You know, you don't get the good with about the bad. Yeah. And 
some days you get to hire amazing people and some days you got to let certain people go. And I've made just as many bad hires as, as I've made good hires, right? Sure. And you and uh, the other guy stepped up and took over that program real well. And I think, yeah. I mean, it, you guys crushed it. And you didn't let that become a distraction. No, no. The, you know, honestly, from from day one coming in, in the industry, and I, I still think this is the case, but, you know, just from all the stories and, you know, things like that, uh you know, you guys were a couple podcasts ago, you guys were talking about hallway races and things like that. You sure. know what I mean? And like, I caught the tail end of the glory days for, <laughs> for you guys. You know what I mean? I think we took and you out with us one night for in sure. Santa Clara, probably. But it, yeah. Yeah. They I, normally somebody got like, hit with a potted plant. Yeah. <laughs> were you with, I thought you were there when like we had Stubby with us and that guy grabbed Stubby by the pocket, his back pocket. Emil kicked them. Out. We were at that speakeasy. Were you not with us at that I one? I don't. I don't think I was at that one. I was at the one where we all tried to drive to the casino, and when we got there, everyone was passed out. All of you were asleep, and I just looked at the driver and was like, "Hey, man, can we just go back? <laughs> <laughs> Take us back to the hotel." No, that was. Uh, those were good times, but then you. I mean, you've you've grown and developed at a, yeah. a different altitude and airspeed than most of the people I've had the chance to work with. Um, and it's been exciting to see you grow. Right? I mean, you're able to. You've managed hundreds of millions of dollars of programs since then. Yeah. So, you know, you're 24. You started in your career. How old are you now? You're 31? I'm 33. 33. Shh. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've been, you, you've been... I probably got hired in when I was 25. Okay. Yeah. So you've been around for seven, eight years? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you've... I mean, you're you're moving along pretty fast, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And, you know, it... Uh, I like to to say that a lot of it is, uh, you know, right place, right time, right people. You know, I've been, I I was super fortunate. You know, uh, you know, we go back to after all that goes down, right, and uh, we're wrapping up that program there. Well, then I go and do the Cyrus One program in in Phoenix. You know, with uh, Nate Dog and uh, Scott Beatty, and uh, you know get out there with Nathan and, you know, you'll vouch for this, you know, one of the smartest dudes, if not the smartest dude I've ever met electrically, you know what I mean? Hands down, hands down. Was able to, to take me and walk me through one lines and, and, you know, really show me a lot of, you know, like you talked about how the, the individual I was with in, in, uh, Santa Clara, you know, uh, was new into the industry also. Yeah. Nathan wasn't. You know what I no, mean? Nathan's a mass electrician. Yeah. Had and built I put him head to head against any electrical <laughs> oh, engineer yeah. in heartbeat. Had built, you know, like the Bank of America stuff, you know, oh, yeah. like real stuff. Big programs. Like, and he yeah. worked for big shops too. I mean, for we hired sure. him from Cisco Hennessy, which was one of the preeminent shops, yep. you know, and um, he definitely was, I mean, he's still, he's lights out, right? But Oh, for sure. He's got the perfect temperament for coaching, mentoring, and teaching, right? Where yep. a lot of. You have a lot of great athletes that can't be coaches, so to speak. And he is one of those athletes that's fantastic that could also be an amazing coach. Yeah. So he had his hands on you at an early stage. So you were being mentored by a couple pretty solid performers, right? You were immersed. For sure. And you were also on some major programs. I think we dumped yeah. you on some Cyrus work after that, right? Yep, yep. So uh was doing that, you know, and then uh we me and Nathan were out there doing that uh that Cyrus One program and then, you know, everything went down with Mark, uh, De Stefano. 
Yep. And, uh, and you know, everyone was starting to, to wind down a lot of the mission critical stuff we were working on and, and, you know, props to, uh, Nova, honestly, because, you know, came right to me, was completely up and honest. And not only that, they were like, we're telling you now a couple months in advance, you know, like, you know, yeah. go, go find it. I think we some made some calls for you too. hundred percent. Yeah. You, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, going back to the right place, right time, right people, everything like that, you know, had uh, obviously met and spent time with you and JT and some others out in Santa Clara met, you know, LD going out there and doing that stuff with you guys. And so then when that time came, you know, and I had guys like you and LD and JT and everybody like that making calls for me and stuff, it, it opened a lot of doors, you know, and uh, I'll never forget I had uh, I had accepted an offer from HIT. You were going to go work for HIT? I was. I was going to go be a traveling superintendent for them. Oh, excellent guys, you know, and was dealing with John Fritz. And uh, I remember then I got an offer from CPS based off a phone call from UNLD. And uh, I give LD that credit probably. He has such a strong relationship. CPS, those I mean, those are some great guys. They have a strong owner's rep firm. And I think Laramie leaned on them the heaviest. I mean, he had a, a whole bench of partners, but... I would imagine CPS is probably there the most with them. Yeah, and and LD did, and you know I I, I thank LD every time I talk to him, you know, for stuff like that. As I try and do a lot of the guys that have helped me out uh, to get me to where I'm at. But so I went to CPS there. Uh, I only managed uh, Cyrus work while I was there at CPS. And, uh, you end up getting a good relationship with like Danny and stuff for sure. You know, talk again, right, right place, place, right, right time, people. right people. Yeah. I mean, just think I, I got to sit outside, you know, Danny Kowser's office every day and be able to pick his brain on, uh, different things we had going on, you know, at the time, uh, you know, Lane was at structure tone and, and, you know, so I got to engage with guys like Lane every day, like, these are guys that sit at the top of the food chain, you know what I mean? And like on my way up, I was getting to see how these guys, you know, worked and interacted with everybody and how they handled situations. And, you know, I tried to pick up what I could from everybody, you know, I think, um, if you think about it, right. Yeah. You started like small GC that just did mission critical space. And you got to work on some big programs, advanced programs too. We've, I mean, you know, Sam is going to be on in another couple of shows from now. And I mean, he runs that Vantage program and Spencer and those guys, are, I think, are back. And he has the whole band there and Matt, all those guys, they're exceptional at what they do. Yeah. And they do a lot, right? But I don't know if anybody at that time, and you feel free to yeah. challenge that, but I don't know of anybody at that time that was making such a major push and doing as much as Cyrus, right? Oh, for sure. Cyrus, I mean, they were building at a different scale, different level altogether, right? Agreed. And you went and went to go work for CPS, yep. which was, and may still be the number one or the largest owner's rep firm. For sure. They have probably their hands in more programs than any other owner's rep in our vertical. MGAC, there's a couple other groups that are pretty yeah. powerful too, right? Yeah. But CPS, had how many talented people in this industry had had one time worked there at at and that's one thing about it too you know i went into a situation where uh you know for what it's worth 
I had been a superintendent for two years, you know what I mean? Doing data center work. So, uh, I was, uh, I don't know. I was just beginning to learn, you know, yeah. what I felt like I needed as a good base to be able to be, you know, successful in this industry and things like that. And then I walked into a situation where I'm working with Andrew Ford, you know, who uh, was still at CPS at the time, him and uh, it was him and Jared Cap were, were on that site. I heard there. he just and, went back there, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have him on one day. But For sure. Th- it's it's amazing, though, because you went right to the the most aggressive. I know deployment and delivery model yeah. in the space and you were able to acclimate and do well and succeed and yeah you and were right there with Danny the whole time right yeah and it was uh it was great and you know the best part about it was was you know not only were they doing more and everything like that than anybody but they had also you know gotten to a point where they knew what they were building too you know what i mean they knew what they were building they knew what they were buying it was it was the perfect environment to go in and hone project management skills do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because like it you knew what had to be done you knew how it was gonna be done now all you had to do was manage the time money and the people to make sure it happened and think about the mentors you had from that one client because they're selfless and they're all i mean even from hatem who will still answer a call and definitely you know he'll still mentor and teach uh, obviously LD probably finds no greater joy than building those teams and teaching and mentoring and, and Danny as well. Right. And look yeah. at Andrew and those guys now. So all of you guys went through that you learned those things and then you were at CPS for a while. And then what happened? When did you make that change? <laughs> so, uh, not quite two years, a little less than two years, like a year and a half at CPS. And, uh, you know, that's when, uh, we came over and did the roof replacement there at Aligned. So I had called you when I was yeah. at Aligned and I yeah. needed someone. You, I knew you were in Dallas working yeah. on programs for those guys and you probably had a couple extra cycles. Yep. And there was a roof that had to be replaced. And I was like, I'll That's just... Right. And then I was trying to get more horsepower out of you. And yeah. finally, I think I just lost my patience one day. Yeah. You Well, uh, I think what was honestly was, uh, if I remember right, and I could get this wrong, so if I do, please feel free, but you know, you'd kind of hinted around the idea and then one day you were just like, hey, can you can you come by the data center? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, right before I got there, you were like, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to talk to chef, to, to chef. And I remember I went in and I sat down with you and Andrew and, uh, we were talking and stuff. And, uh, right then and there, you guys were like, you know, you just want to come over here. And it's a testament to Andrew, right? For Cause sure. I sat him down and said, Hey, look, there's a guy that I want to hire. He's young. Uh, he works at CPS and there's a lot of, you know, that, having worked there gives a lot of validation because they sure. they worked on very big programs and and you had worked for me in the past so i knew your character yeah and i remember and i remember andrew who sets a pretty high bar on a lot of things as you would you agree for sure and he was like he andrew uses a term all the time it's called scratch the paint yeah he was trading paint right so he was going deep <laughs> and and he wanted to make sure that my convictions in this type of because we had removed a, a, a pretty high number of construction people from that team. Right. And now I'm adding to it. And he's like, let's make sure we're making the right hires. So that was, I had already kind of had it teed up. I probably just didn't tee you up. That's all right. <laughs> but That's I, where I do best. <laughs> so uh, we, I remember going in the conference room and, and then at the end, Andrew's like, seems like a great guy. Let's, you know, let's hire him. And then at the time, I mean, a line, he was just, Andrew was just kind of, re- he was just getting his feet underneath him and he was just getting ready to kind of p- 
pivot the business the way it was, which yeah. led us to pre-Delta Cube. I don't, I don't think any of us really anticipated how hard and fast that was going to spike and grow. And yeah. it's a testament to all the leadership that parachuted in that group. Yeah. And um, and then you worked, you yeah. worked with me there, right? Yeah, I did. So, and honestly, I mean, the first time that we got to work together like daily and interact on the same, you know projects and things like that really you know we did a little bit at at nova but as far as like you know sitting down and and working on things together and this now was really the first place and uh man talk about an awesome you know experience and being a an owner operator and getting to run you know run the day-to-day operations of a platform like that where you know but at our at the peak, you know, we had four campuses rolling with. Uh, we were we were doing tons of work, right? Yeah. But do you remember like we called Alan Ratliff, right? Yeah. He's former Air Force. He's with Power Cool Engineers, and and we we were doing work with them back in our Nova days. Yeah. They're not a huge shop. They're just a good group of guys. They got plenty of horsepower and man. And I remember bringing in Alan. Right, and he, I think he went to the, he went to VMI, something like that. I think he was a VMI guy, big fat brain engineer, yep. and and Shap knew what the product was where he came from, and he's obviously a very intelligent person. And Raj, the CFO, having come from Cyrus, obviously knew what the cost should look like to build a product similar to theirs. Yeah. So we had very aggressive price models that they were targeting, which was the right way to approach it. And uh, I think we spent two days just kind of whiteboarding. It was. Raj, Andrew, yeah. me. Literally, they, <laughs> like my first week there, locked ourselves in that big conference room. I think I remember coming to you and and being like, man, I can't tell you how awesome this is. Because I, I just remember, I remember sitting there. And like I said, I'm pretty sure it was literally my first week, like first full week on. on there's your fire hose. Start drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but. And it was, it was that, it was a fire hose, it was controlled chaos, you know what I mean? We it, were having was, fun, right? Oh because, my God, a blast. Well, it was fun because all the brain damage had already got done, yeah. right? Because like yeah. any business, when you bring on leadership teams like that, there's a little bit of reinventing yep. some of the, uh, or re, just a redirection, you yep. know, a whole new pivot. And to do that, there's always some friction, and there's fallout, and there's there's just sadly, there's the the part about doing business that is not the most enjoyable, but we knew that we... We already put that in. So doing the workshops that we were doing at that point, um, that was the most exciting point, right? I, I think that we, I don't know about you, but I felt like I was working, you know, 100 hours a week and I was like, it's okay because I'm having a great time and I, I know that we're moving in the right direction. You could just work forever on that stuff. I agree 100%. And I, I, I remember distinctly sitting there just being like, man, how lucky am I? You know what I mean? Like, like you said, I have you know, been super fortunate in my career and coming into this industry and stuff. And it is not lost on me. You know I mean? I, I still sit, whether it be at DCAC or, you know, some other conference or, or even at home on my computer, you know, doing video calls and stuff. Like sometimes I just have to sit and think like, is this really going on? You know what I mean? Like, have I really, how great is this industry though, that allows us to where you could put character in front of a lot of things and then see what it, you know, how that pencils out at the end. But this is good. I, I, I knew your story and I knew most of this stuff. 
Um, I'm not sure how many people, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. I know that you know a lot of people in this space, yeah. which is a testament to your character. I think that, I think that what I want to do is I want to bring in Anthony now. For sure. Because I know some people know Anthony and he's got a pretty good story too. And then what we're going to do is we're going to tie it back to where, you know, when, when you guys both came on here and then we're actually going to take it all the way back to both your guys's um, your army backgrounds. And I was kind of waiting for Anthony to be here. No, because... that, that's perfect because it's going to intertwine great. Cause I saved the, uh, you know, after you let Doug go, uh, Anthony, me and Anthony moved into the apartment together, you know? Oh, so, for real. So that's oh, right. You yeah. guys have been, me and, right. Amy, me and Anthony, been I forgot I, he, for a while. Cause yeah. he was on a different program, but that's you guys right. were just sharing the apartment. And cause we, it was, they were both in San Jose. Yeah. That's he right. was on the Google fiber program. I got yeah. it. All right. Well, listen, let's pause. Are All you right. cool? I'm down. We'll bring Anthony in here and then let's pick up with Anthony's story. So you don't have to listen a little bit, but we'll bring it all back together. I Still. forgot about that part where you guys were roommates for yeah. a little while. Yeah, that explains a lot, actually. I know, right? <laughs> all right, thanks. Let's go get Anthony. Sounds good.